In last week's episode, I said that this episode would be a bit self-indulgent. Well, here it comes. As you can gather, yes, I'm being self-indulgent because it's my birthday in a couple of hours from the point I'm recording this. I'm recording this on the 22nd of April 2019. This is episode 217 of the Veg Grower podcast. And hello and welcome. Now today I am going to be answering a question that I quite often get on how to keep children entertained in the garden and allotment. And this has been a difficult one for me to answer because I do not have any children. However, my good friend, Mr. Lee Connolly, aka the Skinny Jean Gardener, is all about getting children into gardening. And he recently designed and built a show garden for the Ideal Home Show in which he demonstrates this. So, I thought he was the ideal person to talk to about that. But before that, should we find out what I have been up to over this last week in my garden and allotment? Well, it's Wednesday the 17th of April 2019 today, and I've had a bit of a disaster. Now, yesterday after work, I went to help a friend out, and I didn't get back till gone 10 o'clock, so I came home and went straight to bed. Today, I came home after work, and, um, well, I went into my potting shed, Normally, every day I will go in there and water all my seedlings, particularly misting them. Well, my tomato seedlings that were going to be pricked out fairly soon, they got a bit dry um, and they're not looking too great, to say the least. It's amazing how that one day of not watering them has made all the difference. So, a bit of a disaster, really. I'm hoping these tomato seedlings will be okay. These are four varieties that are blight resistant that I'm trialing. Uh, some of them look like okay, so it's not a complete failure, but there's quite a few of them that are looking a bit worse for wear. They're sort of flopped over, looking dry and starting to shrivel. But I've given them a good water and we'll see how they get on tomorrow. Well, it's Friday the 19th of April 2019 today. I'm back home after a very, very knackering day. What have I done, you may ask? Well, I have done the major project that I've been after doing for a while, my grandfather's greenhouse. So today, I got up, I picked picked up my brother, and we went to my grand's house, uh, where my grand and uncle were, and we dismantled near my granddad's greenhouse. I was kind of expecting it to take all day to dismantle it, if I'm honest, but we got it done in two and a half hours. It was kind of interesting. This greenhouse has sat where I dismantled it from for as long as I can remember. And my grand and uh, uncle came through and was sort of saying they remember my granddad building it. About 40 years ago, they reckon my mum was 16 at the time, which kind of tallies up with what I know that it was brought through from my great-grandparents' inheritance. Anyway, interesting thing that came out of that, when I built the greenhouse in my garden that I already have, I laid all the parts out into their individual piles like I quite often do when I'm building something. Well, that's exactly what my granddad did 40 years ago building this greenhouse, all on his own, bless him. So that was very, very interesting, this sort of dynamic that goes on. 
Anyway, yeah, we, we got it dismantled in two and a half hours and we transported it down to my allotment where it was rebuilt. That did take quite a bit longer to rebuild. I've got it on some paving slabs screwed down and only six panes of glass broke in transport, which I don't think is too bad. I can easily get hold of more glass fairly cheaply. And based on the fact that everything is 40 years old, I think that's really good that only six panes of glass needs replacing. All the nuts and bolts came apart easily, being aluminium, except for the steel ones that hold the door frame. It's got a sliding door on it. The steel ones we had to cut. And that's the only bit that I've not put back on is the door frame because my uncle's going to build some uh, spacers. He, he's a metal worker by trade. He's going to build some spacers in order to get that done correctly. But yes, it is built. Apart from the six panes of glass, which you can do at um, a later date, I'm absolutely thrilled to pieces. The glass was held in with springs, which they came apart very easily and went back together easily. And the rest of it was just nuts and bolts, a bit like a Meccano set. So uh, I was expecting to still be doing this on Sunday, to be honest. So Sunday, I've got a chance to do some other work. Well, it's Saturday the 20th of April 2019 today and just a quick little update today. Now, I've been out all day. I've came home and um, one of my quail chicks has hatched and very fluffy and dry. So I've had to very quickly set up the cage for them with a little heater, a mother hen, uh, and get that warmed up and moved her or him into there. It's too early to tell what sex it is yet, but I was quite surprised. I think it's actually quite early uh for this one but never mind i've got at least one quail that has hatched now of course we've got to get through the night i think we'll be okay but let's go find out well it's sunday the 21st of april 2019 today i'm on the allotment i've spent a few hours down here today but firstly, obviously before I left this morning, I checked on the newly hatched quail and she's got through the night absolutely fine. I say she, I don't know if it's a she or he yet. Anyway, she's got through the night perfectly fine. I made sure she was drinking and eating before I left, so um, that's a result in my book. Then I came down the allotment and the first thing I did, of course, as I always do, was just have a walk around and check on everything and see what's going on. Greenhouse, absolutely fine, still standing, so no problem with that. Had a wander around, I could see some asparagus was ready for picking, so I'll be doing that. And I could also see my potatoes that were planted on the 20, uh, on St. Patrick's Day. They have started to grow. So that is really, really good. Things are moving along nicely. After that, the first thing I did, I got my strimmer out and I gave everything a really good strim. Tidied up a few areas that had a bit of a bit of a rubbish line around, so cleared that away, tidied it up, strimmed everything. And that has just made the place look a lot better. I then planted out some peas. Now these peas were sown a few weeks ago. Uh, they were a variety called Meteor, and they haven't been brilliant, if I'm honest, in germination. There's only about four plants there. But they had outgrown their pot. They were starting to pot tendrils out, so they needed to grow up against things, so I have planted them out. Now, I planted them against 
uh, my mother-in-law's old sofa springs that I brought down with me. I've had these lying around waiting to grow peas up against them because I think they're perfect. They're kind of like chicken wire but a bit more solid with a few springs so I think peas should actually grow up this really really well. And it's recycling again. So I've had to lean it up against a few canes to support it. I would need some better supports in the not too distant future. But um, And then I planted the peas in next to those. Kind of helped them to kind of find the springs themselves. So they should grow up that. Gave them really good watering in. And they are planted. Now then I set about weeding the asparagus bed and harvested a few asparagus spears and that'll be our dinner tonight only three not a huge amount but i don't care and then i weeded out a few more beds and places uh, in just in front of the greenhouse now was where i grew the potatoes last year and i laid weed suppressing membrane down there last year well i've lifted that up and folded that away and it's just looking making things just look a little bit tidier i'm finding I have to admit, now I'm looking at this plot with the greenhouse on it, it's making me think about rearranging the plot somehow and rearranging the beds. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do quite yet, but I'm just kind of in that frame of mind that I'm looking at it and thinking things can change. Anyway, after spending quite a while doing more weeding, I then gave everything a really good watering. Uh, that took quite a while and in fact it's drying out quite quickly so I might have to come down again tonight or tomorrow and water again. Anyway, I'm going to go home now because it is absolutely roasting hot. It's too hot to be working in this sun if I'm honest. Well it's April the 22nd today, it's a Monday and it's a bank holiday which has meant no work today. Now usually that would mean I get to spend a day down the garden or allotment but that's not been the case today as I've had people to see including my father and my father actually gave me his old lawnmower. Now this is an electric type so it's very different to what I've used in the past but it collects and uh, I kind of want to get back into the collecting the grass again to make some good compost. So I, I came back from my father's this evening and I mowed the lawn using it, just testing it out as you do and it's something new. It's going to do the job. Now apart from that, I've just done a bit of watering again, especially in the greenhouse and potting shed to try and uh, combat this warm weather, although it's cooled down a bit today. This morning, I released a weekly harvest report. I completely forgot it was Sunday yesterday, so it didn't come out last night, but it came out this morning and... Um, yeah, it was it was very good. It was another increase compared to last week in value, about £16. There was rhubarb, asparagus, chard and eggs as usual. First time we've had asparagus on the list this year, so that was really, really nice. And those asparagus spears we ate last night, and they were lovely. I'm pleased to see things are moving on with the harvests. Let's hope it continues. And, well, this brings the diary up to date for this week. Well, just before I bring Lee on, I thought we'd better look at the Plant Grow Harvest calendar from the RHS and its tip of the week. And this week it reads, Roses and shrubs will welcome a thick layer of mulch being mixed in around their base to help retain moisture and control weed growth. Yeah, that's actually really good advice and it's something that I'm a big fan of doing, particularly with my no-dig methods. But even if I didn't do no-dig, just throwing mulches around are 
just really good at keeping control of weeds. It just sort of prevents any weeds from sort of growing because it blocks out the light. I tend to use compost as a mulch. Grass cuttings also work as well as one thing, or straw. Many, many things that can be used as a mulch. The list is endless, really. Anyway, getting children interested in gardening. Now, this is a question I get quite often. And it's something that I do not feel I have any authority to answer. So I I did ask my good friend Lee for better help with this one. And we've based it around the ideal home show garden that he designed. And I thought it was a really good few ideas in there that we would talk about and uh, kind of explain a bit more and how we can use those to get children interested in gardening. And I do think it's important that children are interested in gardening. So let's find out what we chatted about with this conversation. Oh, well, I'm with my friend Lee Connolly and we're going to talk about getting kids into gardening. Now, I think firstly, Lee, this is obviously your particular field, but for those of you that don't know you, let's just explain who you are. Uh, well, I'm the skinny jean gardener uh, and I used to be the blue peter gardener. But the main thing that I do is try and get kids, families, parents, grandparents, everyone in the garden, creating memories, I say, Rich, creating memories is the thing. So you're the kind of best person to talk to about this particular subject. So I get questions on this all the time and I I don't have kids, so how can I kind of answer this? So we're going to pull our resources mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about your garden that you designed for the Ideal Home Show, which was all designed around kids in the garden. Yeah, yeah. so uh, March, was it March 2019? Yeah. Uh, did a garden at Ideal Home Show and like I say everything I do is to get families and kids out there and it was all about bringing together different ideas that would be cheap and easy for people to go home and make because you see some of these gardens like show gardens you think oh that's a good idea and then when you get home have a little look on the internet and it can cost like 100, 200, 500, 1000 pounds and you think I'll save up and by the time you actually think about saving up and actually get to it there's always something else that comes along so it was about bringing a garden together that people could easily go away and create the ideas so we had like a for instance a music area which is made out of pots and pans that were just from like a charity shop or car boot some of really cheap or just from our drawers actually some of them and we painted them up got some wooden spoons really easy but exactly the same thing before that when I put the design in for Ideal Home Show they're like yeah wicked we want that but can you buy it like an off the shelf version and I was looking at like almost a grand for like a musical outdoor instrument and I was like well yeah wicked that'd be great for kids but they're not their mum and dad are never going to go home and go and buy them one of them so that was that's a perfect example of how we create something really cheap and easy which people could go and do a bit like the mud kitchen like we had so many photos from it was a two-week show so many photos of people actually creating mud kitchens after they'd seen it at the show creating their own versions because again them sort of things can cost like up to 500 quid cheapest one i could find off the shelf was 150 quid for an, for an okay one yeah, yeah um so yeah it was about about that really bringing together the, the ideas for that people would go home and do so let's go into the mug kitchen because that seems like a good place to start. And I actually see the mug kitchen doubling up as a potting table for kids as well. 
No, your mud kitchen was basically made out of... Oh, I'll get you to describe it. You'll probably do it better, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 30 quid... About uh, The materials altogether about 30 quid for some decking, a few lengths of decking, uh, and then just some wood for, for the actual frame. Uh, and then we just painted it up, whatever colour. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about it was that we could carry on adding to it. So because you're building something yourself, you don't mind... For instance, this one didn't have anything in the front of it. It was just a a wooden box with some washing up bowls in it. But Olive's, my daughter's got one at her nursery that has a washing machine in the front of it and a little microwave. So now we've got it back home, we can add them bits as we go along, whereas you wouldn't be able to do that with one you've brought. You wouldn't want to start cutting into it. So it makes it the imagination flow a little bit, gets people creative and doesn't cost a lot. So the mud kitchen is the best thing. Like, And also mud kitchens for kids are amazing. Because it's all about getting your hands messy, about getting the, the soil between the fingers. Yeah. Well, at, at this point, Olive's just walked in, and we're going to ask her what she thinks of the mud kitchen. So, Olive, what do you think of the mud kitchen? He can't see, it's a microphone. You've got to say, you've got to speak into She's it. putting her thumbs up, so I think that's a, a big thing that she likes there. You've got all mud all over your face. Have you just been doing it? No, it was a minute ago. Oh, when you were playing with the mud kitchen. What do you yeah. think of it? Do you think it's a really good thing? Why do you like it so much? Because I love it. Why? Because you get to play with like all the pots and pans and all the mud. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and I like getting messy. You like getting messy? <laughs> yeah, getting that. Do you like all the soil in your fingers? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, well done. Well done. Are right, you going to go and play with it? Yeah. All right, I'll see you soon. Bye. Love you. Love you. So, yes, we've got a definite thumbs up from Olive yeah, on the confirmed. on the mud kitchen. Now, if, if this was on an allotment, for example, and somebody might sort of say, or so a listener might sort of say, yeah, I like the idea of a mud kitchen, but that doesn't really encourage them to get gardening. The fact that I feel it doubles up as a potting bench as well... Mm-hmm. I feel negates that. And you could almost change it to have garden tools instead of kitchen tools on there, in my eyes. You can do a bit of both, to be honest with you. Like, I think it's, it is really good for potting up, and it is good for the kids. It's that perfect height for them to get involved with it. And also, when you, when kids are like, I always say, with like sowing seeds with kids, you just got to give them the pack of seeds, give them the pot, and then let them do, do their thing. Like, try and instruct them, sure, try and t- to tell them how to do it, but you've got to be a bit hands-off. <laughs> uh, it's all about giving them, uh, just giving them materials, instruct them a little bit, and then let them get on with it. So having like that pot and table, having that like mud kitchen, they're already getting their hands messy with everything else, so it's it's absolutely perfect for an allotment, I think. Totally agree. And it wasn't until I saw what you had done that I kind of could visualise that yeah. as well. Now, moving on from the mud kitchen, there was other things that you had. And I particularly liked the teepee that you had. The teepee idea was, because I think it's really important to give kids like a space or a den that they can hide away in. And for me, like having like a house, like we, Olive's lucky enough to have one in a, a garden, but that can be expensive. Again, don't, that can be really expensive. So the teepee sort of the idea was that what you could do is get bamboo canes, inexpensive, and then grow runner beans up them. Yeah. and create a TP runner bean den, basically. So they've got something that 
slowly they can see grow and totally by summer you've got like full foliage and then you're getting stuff you can eat at the yeah. same time which is really exciting it makes it two like double-sided sticky tape that that makes no sense what i'm trying to say but you know what i mean like it makes it two there's two different things they can do with it it kills two birds with one stones because the, <laughs> the 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 kid is growing something that they can eat mm-hmm. but they're also growing a den of something that they can play with and keep themselves entertained. And it's something I think we've hit on many times that we've just the best way to educate people is to make it entertaining. Yeah, definitely. And and the best thing about that um, runner bean teepee is that at the end of the season you can move it on. Like you don't have to have it in the same spot. If you've got, even if you've got it in the allotment, you don't have to have it in the same spot next year. You can move it around. The same with a garden, you can move that around the garden. It doesn't matter each year where it is. Yeah, you can create a den wherever you want. So if we were making a bean teepee in our allotment, we would obviously have a cane up in the centre, then string coming out and grow the beans around it with a little. You don't even need hatch. a cane in the middle. Once really? You tie, once you tie, once once the canes are in the ground, you tie them all up at the top, and right. then you don't need that support in the middle. So it's oh right. Good, good uh, and then just a little slit on the inside for a child to climb in. And that's it. Yeah. And then and you're growing around it. Now, where was the other thing we were going with your? Uh, show garden the pond wildlife pond love yeah. that idea really, and again really good one for uh, the allotment even to having that little pond it's just a uh, mate yeah <laughs> okay um look i'll come and speak to you in a minute but i need to do this okay, okay bye <laughs> Uh, it's again really simple one it's good for your allotment as well as it could bring wildlife in, as you know um but getting frogs involved get rid of the slugs for you yeah. which is always good but you don't have to like get a whole pond, I mean, it's a big again can become expensive. So what we do is uh, with a little washing up bowl, sink it into the ground, pop a brick inside the washing up bowl, and then a slate over the top. So the bricks, so when the frog jumps in the little pond, he can jump back out. The slate uh, is for like shade for hot days. Yeah. And if you plant round it with like just some lavender. Or, yeah. or just wildflowers or anything like that. It was good for the bees and the butterflies, but also gives the uh, frogs some protection, yeah. which is really good for them. So then they're not going to get attacked by any birds, which can be a frog frog issue. Yes. Um, well, funny enough, I've put one in my garden at home. Have you got frogs? I'm, well, we had frogs living in our garden anyway. Right. But I, I wanted to. I've always wanted a little pond in my garden, and I like this idea. The, the trouble I've had with. Um, my wildlife pond is the chickens. Now, I expected them to go up and drink from it because that's what they do. But they also dig the soil over and that ends up in, in, the, pond. in the pond. That is a bit of an issue that I never, I've never, i never come across before because I've not got chickens. But put it somewhere else away from the chickens, I don't know. That's the only option I've got for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we'll be doing eventually. Just a, a little bit of info for you, should it come up again. If anyone asks me if they've got chickens, I'll be like, don't put it near chickens. I'll remember that for the future. But... <laughs> It's, it's such a cheap and easy thing, and also it's so small. Like you say, that now you've put it there, you've realised that it's not good for the, with the chickens. It's easy just to move somewhere else in the garden. It's an easy thing to. It's not costing a lot, and it's quite easy to move around. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now, in your show garden again, you did have that rather large trampoline, mm-hmm. which kind of went against. I think what you said, where you weren't overly happy with it, were you? As such, well, it was. It was a good. I mean, it was 100% a good trampoline. I won't knock the company that gave it to me, but it was expensive. I think the, the trampoline out of everything was about 900 quid you could buy one for, yeah. which I think for some people is not a lot of money. And for the 
the quality it was is good money, but if you're going to get... I mean, I've not got it here. I'm actually get, getting one for 160 quid, I think, for Olive from digging one in for her. But for that, that was the one thing out of the whole garden which was not thought out in my mind because it went away from the cost-effective yeah. side. But, the re- but coming away from that bit of it, that massive mistake, having a trampoline garden is really good. I think it's important for kids to have fun in the garden. And like I say, I've got one I'm digging into the ground. I think making the whole point of it, the idea of it is making it part of your garden rather than being this big spaceship that sits in the middle. If you saw the show garden, you'd think, I don't really get that. But because we put this big blue box around it, basically, a ribbon, and the idea of that is it was part of the garden, that show garden. But what you could also do is like grow runner beans instead of blue ribbon, grow, again, runner beans or clematis or any plant that's a climber around it to make it either hidden yeah. in your garden or if you get what I'm going to do is get a sunken one and make it part of the garden in that sense make it part of the design because people can spend a lot of money designing their gardens building their gardens bringing them mm. together and then when kids come along they do want trampolines and things like that and slides and swings and they're just objects that sit in the middle and ruin everything Yeah, yeah. like for swings example or, or slides Again, if you can have something that climbs up them, then with swings and slides, why not grow stuff up them and make them part of the garden as well? Because, like I say, people spend can spend a lot of money on design or can, a lot of thought goes into people's garden design. And then kids come along and then basically ruin that design <laughs> because of their stuff. So you should make it part of it. And that was what I was trying to say through that trampoline. But the cost of the trampoline that was there didn't go along with my ethos of yeah. making it cheap, making it accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I regret now. But it was serving a purpose on the day, sort of thing. It was a show garden at the end of the day. This this thing. This is what we've got. To... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is a show garden, but I should have thought more about it. That's the only thing about the trampoline. But it did. But the ideas were there, and that was the main main thing, I suppose. I mean, the thing with show gardens, and I've said this on your podcast, is the show gardens are there to try and sell something. Mm-hmm. And that's no disrespect to anybody that's designed a garden for a show because ultimately they're, sh- they're showcasing their skills in the hope that it'll get them more work. Yeah. And it was showcasing the plants and the layout and all the equipment on the hope that people will go, oh, I like that, I buy that. Yeah. Uh, and that is basically how garden business works, really. Showcase yeah. and sell. Now, there was one more avenue that I was going to go down, and that was the plants that you used. Yeah. Now... Again, I know with conversations I had with you, you wanted to do more grow your own stuff, which is obviously more what I'm about, but that wasn't possible. Instead, you went for some very hard-wearing grasses, which they'd done a tree, didn't they? They really lasted. Well, yeah, it was really different. Like There was already a grow-your-own garden, because my thing is always, to get kids in gardening, it's got to be grow-your-own, I think. I personally think that's the best thing for them, to see something the tiniest of seeds grow into a plant that you can actually eat from. That gets them excited. But I couldn't do that in this garden because of this grow-your-own-garden that was already there from someone else. So then I've got to find a plant which will work inside a big greenhouse, basically, an Olympia. Not got a le- It doesn't get a lot of looking after. Not a lot of watering going on. So what do I put in? So the, these grasses were perfect because they don't need a lot of care. They grow really easy in people's gardens. And for kids, like... For instance, I've got, I've got a few more grasses from my garden. They're going to all go round the trampoline because they will look amazing when they when they actually start growing into big plants. 
they can take they're so versatile they can take anything yeah. they can take an absolute battering like kids can run over them kids can fall on them and they'll just they'll just bounce back so the grass is in the end for something that was was for me not like it took a lot of thought. It was probably the most difficult thing actually out of all of it for me to find a plant that would last for two weeks yeah. on a show garden, and that could also be quite kid friendly. For some, for that, that, it worked out really well in the end. Yeah, I was really happy with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, because yeah, you were kind of, kind of built raised beddings in these very bright coloured, eye catching beds, yeah. and of course if there were peas or something running over the side would have been great in my opinion however because of the situation obviously as you've just said two weeks indoors also also struggled from the time of year as well because it was quite early on in the season to yeah. to bring any sort of i mean the grow your own garden that was there was fantastic um they had a few cabbages a few little carrots going on not not masses amount of grow your own it was, it was difficult for anyone to do a grow your own garden that time of year i think Totally. I mean, if you were doing it for that time of year, you've got to start growing them in December. Well, and then you've got to add heat, heat, lights. You've really got to falsify the environment for it to work. But then imagine yeah. bringing up that stuff because I know I know Lynn had some cabbages that just kept dying because they'd been growing. Then were brought up, potted up, and you know, thing these things don't transplant well once they're once they're brought up. So it was a, maybe lucky for me that I didn't do too much growing because. It would have been yeah. a struggle. Yeah. But the grasses, they were absolutely perfect. And they come in so many different colours. Do you know what I mean? Like, it can be really... Like, you can make, make quite a nice little um, planting area from, from, from colour-wise. So, it's nice. Not just all green. You just think grass, grasses. You just think green, didn't you? But, yeah. you know, we had a few different colours. which was nice. I won't go into the Latin of them because I don't know the names. <laughs> we don't do Latin on yeah, this podcast, yeah, really, yeah. anyway. Well, I mean, the other thing that I really liked about your show garden and the fact it was built for kids was that you let the kids and adults get involved in it mm-hmm. you know we were all sat on the benches playing in the mud kitchen making a mess of it of course not that i'm guilty of that of course but <laughs> i think that's really important in show gardens to actually be able to get in there and see it, i feel yeah um I, okay it's fine standing at the side and looking at it but it's very different when you're in there I think uh, the show gardens that you can actually get involved with. I, if I ever do a show garden again, it will always be one that people and kids get in there and get amongst it. It was brilliant. If it was a three or four day show, it would have been awesome. I'd have been like, go on kids, just absolutely go for it. And then by the Sunday, say it was like Thursday the Sunday show, it would have been great because by Sunday people would have seen how it had been used. It would have been a little bit trashed, of course, it would, because the kids get involved in it. Because it was a two-week show, it was a little bit harder. There's a lot more tidy up from it, but it also showed that the kids were using it. Like the, for instance, the music area, the the spray paint I'd used on it chipped off a little bit, which was quite nice because you could see by the end of the two weeks how many people had got involved with it. The mud kitchen there was quite a lot. I mean, you <laughs> you come there, it was quite tidy, but. The mud kitchen got absolute hammering. Kids absolutely loved that, which was good. There was a lot of mud from it. There was a sensory walk, which was good. I mean, I do like the sensory walk. It's a good idea, but it's definitely for older kids, I've realised, because two-year-olds loved mixing up. I had sand, I had bark, I had, I think there was some soil, there was some stone. And by the end of day two, they were all mixed together. Like Kids were just getting so involved in it. So it was good. I think I, I 100% would do one again where kids and that can get involved in it, because... It's fun for them, isn't it? Like show garden. Sometimes, especially for younger kids, these garden shows or um, like ideal home shows can be a bit boring for little kids. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like 
they they are like some of the art just shows. Like I was at Cardiff the other weekend. There's loads of families and kids to do, which is fantastic. But apart from that, when they go and look at the show gardens, and it's not a lot. It's not a lot of fun for them. They get to see a garden. But with a lot of talking about like younger kids, like Olive's three and a half. She'll love the family side of stuff. But looking at the show gardens, a bit boring. But if they can get involved in it, if they can get their hands on it, it makes it a bit more interesting. Gets them a bit more excited about it. It's all about getting hands on for kids. Yeah. yeah. All about it. Oh, I totally agree. There's a lot of events that I go to, even weddings, shall we say it. They're, they're for the adults, yeah. and the children get bored, and then they start acting up. It's not fair for them, really, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, look, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, God, thank God your show garments here, because there's not, there's not a massive amount for the kids to do. So I think keeps people using it as like a play centre for a little bit, which is good. Like, it's good the, the, the ideas got used. and yeah. I think that also helps people go away once they've used them and saw the kids how they react to them. That helps people go away and build them themselves in their own garden because they can see, wow, little Johnny, that's the made-up name, little Johnny, <laughs> love that mud kitchen. We've got to get back and make one this weekend. Yeah. So it was good in that sense. So I thought yeah. that was a really nice thing for it. Yeah. And I, I always say, you know, think, if we, I'm down my allotment and I had kids down there, they're going to get bored after yeah. a while. Whereas if I'm actually thinking about it from a kid's point of view and they're saying, well, let's do stuff that will keep the kids entertained. They're going to want to go down the allotment more, which is going to make my life easier. Yeah, giving them their own space, making a little... Den- like, so you've got to make... Basically, down the allotment, you've got to make a little tiny kids play area. If you're bringing the kids down there, you've got to give them a space to, to do stuff with. You've got to give them these, like... If some of your listeners don't make some mud kitchens after this, they'll be gutted. <laughs> but you've got to give them them spaces to do stuff... Because if you want to get, let's be serious, if you want to get any gardening done with the kids down there, sure, they love getting involved in it, but the serious jobs, you want to get have a bit of time to do it. So you've got to give them the space to run riot and do, do have fun. Do you know what I mean? Do, yeah. They've got to want to say, when you turn around and say, oh, come on, kids, let's go down the allotment, they want to say, yes, can't wait, let's do yeah. it. Because we've got that mud kitchen there we can play with all, that den we can mess around in. And then we can do a bit of grow your own at the same time while mum and dad are running around weed, generally probably weeding <laughs> or something like that. But you've got to give them that space. I think that's, that's what it's about. Totally, totally agree with you. What's happening in the future with your things? You're doing RHS shows. Yeah, so um, doing a bit of presenting for the RHS, which is good. I've got a plan to do another show. I've got a bit of the show garden bug now. So next year I'd like to do another show garden. Uh, obviously the podcast listen yeah. now everyone get involved uh, <laughs> we've got a podcast coming up from that yeah that oh yeah we're getting on that garden centre thing again which is good um, yeah there's lots going on I've, I'm thinking I'm tr- I want to sort out a school tour for next year I did a f- I've done a few schools already this year and it's been a lot of fun it's something I don't want to do more of so the school tour in 2020 ridiculously it's already I'm already planning for next year already yeah. which is mental isn't it but Plenty of shows coming up, which is always good. Getting to speak to the people, I get I get a lot of ideas from people. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this because they'll they'll copyright them. But it's good to when I go to these shows, I do a talk, jump around on stage, and then people come up to me and say, "I love that idea." We do this as well, and I get like information from them, and they take information from me. So it's nice to get to these shows and get to speak to people, which is really good. Well, I think we've chewed the fat on this quite a bit now. Yeah, uh, it's been good, as always. Lovely to see you again, Lee. You too, dude. Olive, you want to say bye? Unbelievable. Did literally all the way through <laughs> trying to be on it, and now I don't want to say goodbye. Are you sure you don't want to say bye? Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the best you're going to get. Yeah, bless her. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Lee. Always uh, a pleasure, man. 
Well, a big thank you to Lee for sharing these suggestions with me. I really appreciate that. Now, of course, if you're listening and you have had experience in this particular field, I'd love to hear some ideas that you have had for this and share those. So uh, if you want to get in touch, it's richard at thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can comment on the blog at thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, of course, just search for The Veg Podcast. And that is kind of it for this week. So uh, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much to Lee for joining me in this podcast as well. And Iron Tiger for the music at the beginning. I'm going to go and celebrate my birthday now. So thanks very much. And thank you for letting me be a little bit self-indulgent. Until next time, please take care. And I'll see you again then. <laughs>